this is Neil. It's a new week and a new episode. This week, I will be discussing the Dulce Alien Air Force Base, the terrifying stories surrounding the underground base in New Mexico. I'll be diving deep into the conspiracy theories surrounding that and some actual fact that has been leaked through CIA documents and what the Pentagon has confirmed. I'll also be talking about four different alien races that are in fact in contact with us and those that are in power some of them have actually met with them worked out negotiations worked out some sort of a deal and uh, trade for technology and advancements thereof Uh, this week i'll be diving into that and talking about new ufo information Uh, Some more of the the new stuff that was released recently. More and more of it keeps coming out. Now, the Dulce Air Base, um, UFOologists have claimed that there is a secret base underneath the Archuleta Mesa in Dulce, New Mexico, where the military work alongside aliens and even experiment on humans. I'll be talking about that uh, as well as many other things. And if you'd be so kind, please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. For generations, conspiracy theorists and UFOologists have claimed that there is a secret base underneath the Archuleta Mesa and Dulce, New Mexico, where the military work alongside aliens and even experiment on humans. Today I'm going to be diving inside the Dulce alien base, the terrifying stories surrounding the underground base in New Mexico. The tiny hamlet of Dulce, New Mexico has less than 3,000 residents, virtually off grid this small community has been a hotbed for alien conspiracy theorists and ufologists for years many believing that hidden beneath the mesa is a top secret seven-story military facility that is known today as the dulce base dulce is mainly inhabited by indigenous people and is the headquarters of the jacarila apache reservation of northern new mexico despite its population The area draws a large amount of tourists from around the world. A group of UFOologists host an annual Dulce Base UFO conference. Although rumors about an underground alien base operating around Dulce have been strong for years, it is important to note that the existence of the supposed facility is entirely unproven, even though the reports and stories surrounding it are extremely well documented. Stories started coming to light in the mid-1970s when Gabriel Valdez, a New Mexico state trooper, reported a number of disturbing cattle mutilations. Valdez even went as far as claiming he witnessed a sophisticated spacecraft in the Dulce skies, close to where the Dulce base is said to be situated. He is also, he has said to have found a mutilated cow that had 
a dead fetus inside of it. However, he made the horrifying claim that this was no unborn calf. He said that it appeared to be as though it was some form of hybrid that looked like a human, a monkey, and a frog. Debris that was left surrounding the cattle mutilations gave Valdez the impression that the government was involved in this somehow. The evidence that was left there, you know, predators don't leave a gas mask, glow sticks, radar chaff, Valdez said. They just don't leave that stuff. Michael Barkin, a political scientist, said that cattle mutilations appear frequently following on from nearby UFO sightings. Now, I myself had an experience in Kentucky and West Virginia between the years of 93 and 96, where I was well acquainted with a couple of farmers who knew my uncle at that time very well. And he knew that I had a newsletter that I was doing called the, uh, the Silent Bullet, which later became the Realm of Conspiracy. And I was diving deep into cattle mutilations, crop formations, so on and so forth. And I made connections with these farmers who had cattle show up in their fields, disappear for a while, then show up completely out of nowhere, not even in an area where they should have been to begin with, and mutilated with laser-like precision. He also added that the Colorado-New Mexican border region had become a hotbed for both UFO sightings and cattle mutilations. Reports of these were during the, the early 1980s. These claims made by Valdez gathered a lot of interest from all over the globe. A physicist and businessman by the name of Paul Benowitz allegedly intercepted electronic signals in Dulce that he claimed were emanating from deep down below the surface and directed at a target that was too high for any human activity. With a national and even global interest growing in cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, and bold claims of unexplainable electronic signals, the Dulce base legend was born. In 1982, Benowitz made claim that the base existed and then went on to publish a paper titled Project Beta in 1988, detailing the best way to infiltrate the facility. In May of 1990, John Lear, former pilot, government employee, and the son of the inventor of the Lear jet, made the claim that he had gathered four independent confirmations that the seven-story Dulce base was in fact real and certainly did exist. Due to his credentials, many people gave credence to his claims. He even went as far as to detail the different species of aliens who he said had visited Earth. Now, John Lear has claimed that there are over 70 different species of aliens that we currently know about. The next huge claim comes from Phil Schneider, who claimed to be a former government employee and explosives expert. Schneider claimed that he was involved in the construction of the Dulce base. Schneider made several public presentations about underground bases and laid many claims to the governments working alongside aliens. His most famous statement came in a presentation in 1995 in which he alleged that, the, that during the initial construction stages of the Dulce base, the military encountered alien beings already beneath the ground. Not only did he claim to have seen the beings with his own eyes, he said that he was caught up in a firefight between soldiers and alien life forms that were already in subterranean tunnels. During the chaos, he reported that he lost several fingers and suffered severe burns. 
Schneider said that the U.S. government and alien entities entered into a peace agreement. Schneider claimed that approximately 60 U.S. military personnel were killed in this apparent firefight between below the desert, none of what he said has ever been proven. However, he does have a lot of credibility throughout the UFO research community. He died in 1996 by a reported suicide. Many people believe he was murdered to ensure that he would remain silent. There have been many illustrations released of reported layout of the Dulce Base. Many UFO researchers are certain that the Dulce Base has seven stories and spans two miles under the ground, each level more secure and more secretive than the level above. It is reported that each level of the base is designed for a specific type of research, ranging from mind control on humans to genetic experimentation between alien and humans. It is claimed that two species of alien, the greys and the reptilians, have their own separate housing within the Dulce base. Nightmare Hall, as it has been named, is said to be the sixth floor and is host to some of the most terrifying stories about what goes on in the Dulce base. It is here, Nightmare Hall, that allegedly is filled with the screams of human victims that are being experimented on. Schneider claimed that although the Dulce base is a huge complex, he stated that he was merely one of the other 129 secret underground facilities of its kind that are scattered around the United States. Schneider also claimed that the United States spends on average between 50 and 80 billion per year on a so-called black budget that covered the costs of these underground alien facilities. What are your thoughts on the Dulce base? Let me know through email at parksparanormal.gmail.com or you can always hop on Google, look up Neil Parks and find me on Facebook. I have several pages, not only just for my books, but for my research team, my own independent research and uh, personal contact. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. I have an unfortunate factoid to share with you. The fact that right now, as it sits, statistically, in case anyone's curious, right now in the USA, every 10 days, more than 8,000 unvaccinated Republican voters are dying of COVID-19. That is five times the rate for Democrats. Now, the truly maddening thing about that statistic, that factoid I just shared, is children today are watching Darwinism in action. And the theory of evolution shows us within Darwinism, which was by Charles Darwin, evolution itself is the weeding out of the weak, the weeding out of the de-evolved, those that are not progressing but regressing and eventually they die off like certain species of animal Uh, they reach a point in their lifespan where they cannot go any further and they just cease to exist and that unfortunately seems to be the case with many many staunch conservative Republican voters primarily your QAnon conspirators your uh, Trump pansies, uh, the, the Trumpers, not your typical, normal, conservative Republican Christian, your, your normal one who's not a fanatic or who's not an extremist. And yes, extremism exists, 
within Christianity, unfortunately. You've got the um, you've got the Baptist Church, Westboro Baptist Church in Texas. They are definitely extremists. You've got people who, in the name of God, are bombing and destroying abortion clinics, uh, all to preserve life, yet destroying life at the same time. Other examples, Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber. Uh, he was doing what he did as a way to exert his male white Christian dominance and say, we're not going to take this anymore. We're giving America back to God. His idea of what God wants us to do or what Jesus taught us, very different from what Scripture shows us. It's the same with Muslim extremism. Twisted Scripture, not to be confused with Twisted Sister, but Twisted Scripture often makes those around us do extremely crazy and stupid things. Manifest Destiny is another example where white settlers decided to move west. And before we even did that, uh, we exterminated a majority of the indigenous people that were on this land, the land of the free. This land is your land, this land is my land. It was their land, and we took it as our own due to manifest destiny. And what we believed God told us was rightfully ours as a quote-unquote Christian nation. Adolf Hitler is another example. Doing what he did all in the name of God. God wanted him to do this to eradicate the filthy, dirty Jew and to dominate the Western world. Uh, other different variations have popped up through the ages. The Ku Klux Klan doing what they do and screaming, God told us to do this and wants us to do this at the same time. Purifying the blood race, uh, not to mention other splinter groups and white supremacy organizations, the Proud Boys, the Neo-Nazis, the list goes on. And we're seeing this, and all the while not really doing anything to want to better ourselves. Just uh, allowing the course to take hold and shake our heads as we read about it in the news headlines, but not really do anything to change it. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. At least four alien species have been visiting Earth for thousands of years from the Andromeda Galaxy. Former Canadian Minister of Defense Paul Ahelier said that aliens not only exist but are on Earth among people. He said that there have been four alien species visiting Earth for thousands of years. Paul Hellyer, who held a high public office in the 1960s during the Cold War, claimed that he had learned from uh, for certain about the existence of aliens during his time in the military. According to him, the inhabitants of other planets have visited Earth for a millennia. In support of his words, the 90-year-old ex-minister spoke about one incident that occurred in 1961 when Canada, Canada noticed a group of 50 unidentified flying objects moving from the Soviet Union to Europe. 
Then this group of objects suddenly went to the North Pole and completely disappeared. Hellyer noted that the investigation of this incident lasted three years, and it unequivocally showed that it was the activity of extraterrestrial civilizations that flew to Earth to make sure that people would not use nuclear weapons again. According to Hellyer, aliens already live on our planet. Most aliens are like humans, so it's almost impossible to notice them in the human mass. He said that aliens have visited Earth from different star systems, including the Pleiades and Andromeda. There are extraterrestrials that come from Andromeda and ones that live on one of Saturn's moons. There is a federation of these people. This federation has specific rules, and one of them is that they do not interfere with our affairs unless they are invited. Former Secretary of Defense of Canada noted that aliens are not aggressive and have a huge stock of knowledge. However, according to him, guests from other planets do not want to share their knowledge with people yet because they are afraid that Earthlings would use them for wars and not for good purposes. He said decades ago, visitors from other planets warned us about the direction we were heading and offered to help. Instead, some of us interpreted their visits as threats and decided to shoot first and ask questions later. It is ironic that the U.S. would be fighting monstrously expensive wars, allegedly to bring democracy to those countries, when it itself can no longer claim to be called a democracy when trillions, and I mean thousands of billions of dollars, have been spent on black projects, which both Congress and the commander-in-chief have been kept deliberately in the dark about. Alex Collier is one of the famous alien contactees, claimed that over 30 years he had been in contact with aliens from Constellation Andromeda. Their contact included multiple visits to alien spaceships and telepathic connections for decades. According to various interviews by Collier, he described Earth being under the control of regressive extraterrestrial beings. Those aliens came to Earth from the star system known as Alpha Draconas. He said that humans are separated by two different philosophical belief systems. One of them spreads love and free will, while the other one shows control and resource consumption. In his last lecture before he retired from the UFO lecture circuit in 2002, Collier said that the ancient alien race known as the Founders are responsible for building planets, environments, and making them suitable for life. The Andromedans and Pleiadians believed that the ancient alien race is called the Patal. According to retired U.S. Army Philip J. Corso, gray aliens are referred to as Zeta Retkillians, where... Uh, we're not really aliens, he said, but bio-machines, specially created to work on other planets. He wrote that as far as he knew, no one had encountered real aliens, and all eyewitnesses or abductees had seen only big-headed and black-eyed bio-machines. Now, updated, Hellier fell and struck his head on June 19th of this year. Losing the ability to walk and temporarily losing the ability to speak, he convalesced at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto for about a month before returning home. 
There, he contracted COVID and died on August the 8th. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer detail supply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Security guards issued shotguns to shoot down UFO buzzing a nuclear power plant. Oh my gosh. Incidences of UFOs encroaching the airspace of nuclear reactors have been occurring for decades, and the officials have been denying and downplaying them, hoping the public will forget about them and stop asking questions. In this troubling documented case, not only did a huge diamond-shaped UFO penetrate the reactor's restricted airspace, it actually turned off the security systems. Thanks to the archives of detailed investigations conducted for decades by the National Investigative Committee of Aerial Phenomena, also known as NICAP, and Dr. Alan Hynek's Center for UFO Studies, here are the details of this hair-raising event where another UFO penetrated restricted airspace with impunity in 1984. The UFO hovers over a nuclear power plant on June the 24th, 1984. Indian Point Nuclear Power Plant in Peaksville, New York. Investigator was Fran Ridge, 1030 to 1045. Security guards at the Indian Point Nuclear Power Plant reported seeing a UFO over the plant for approximately 15 minutes. It was roughly 30 stories above the exhaust funnel of one of the plant's three nuclear reactors. UFO investigator Philip J. Imbrogno for the Dr. J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies in Chicago, Illinois, interviewed six of the 12 security guards who saw the UFO. The UFO, according to the witnesses, was huge in size, diamond-shaped and approximately 450 feet in length. Diamond-shaped and changing colors. It was first white, then changed to blue, to red, to green, to amber in color. Local police in Peaksville received numerous UFO sightings during the same evening. One of them, Sergeant Carl Hoffman, said the UFO he observed included a dozen white lights and V formation that slowly moved towards the power plant at Indian Point. The security systems were shut down. An investigator uncovered some interesting information as the UFO approached the nuclear power plant It flew within 30 feet of its reactor number three. When it did, the security of the plant systems shut down, as did all of the alarms and communication systems. Security guards issued shotguns, armed helicopters, and launchers. Security guards were issued these and were waiting for the final word to shoot at the UFO. A request was also made for an armed helicopter to come and shoot down the UFO. But before the command was given, 
the UFO moved away and left the area. Carl Patrick of the Plants Information Office, when questioned by investigators about the UFO, had this to say, I can neither confirm nor deny that the guards fired upon, but they did what was necessary to protect the plant. Canadians report seeing UFOs in the sky at a rate of three times per day. It's a phenomenon that's worth scientific study, says Canadian UFO expert and acclaimed Canadian UFOologist Christopher Rutkowski. He best described as, been best described as Canada's Fox Mulder. He recently traveled to Duncan, British Columbia, a small town on Vancouver Island that was home to Granger Taylor, whose story is told in CBC Doc's POV documentary, Spaceman. Taylor, who became obsessed with space travel, left a note telling his family he could communicate with extraterrestrials and was going on an interstellar journey, and then he simply vanished. But Taylor wasn't only one who reported a strange encounter in Duncan. Lisa Nidial was a teenager in 1980 when she saw a boomerang-shaped object in the sky over the town gliding toward the mountains. It just did a 90-degree turn and went straight up and completely disappeared, she recalls. It was unlike anything I had ever seen. Another CBC documentary, UFO Town, tells the story of a strange sighting near the Ottawa in the 1980s. Rutkowski says that the UFO sightings in Canada are more common than we think. There are about 1,000 UFO reports filed in Canada every year, and the number remains high. UFOlogy Research, an organization Rutkowski belongs to, has completed and collected and analyzed Canadian UFO report data since 1989. Their 2017 survey showed that a total of 1,101 sightings were reported across the country at a rate of roughly three per day, the fifth highest number since the group began collecting data in 1989. The survey also showed that there was an average of two witnesses per UFO sighting and that the sightings lasted about 15 minutes each. Many witnesses were police officers, pilots, and other people with keen observational skills. Most sightings that have been reported in 2017 came from Quebec, 518 of those roughly, and Ontario, 241, with BC coming in third at 128. Out of the major metropolitan areas, the country, Montreal, and Toronto topped the list. In the final report, UFOlogy research broke down cases by number and by witnesses. The level of the strangeness, an alien encounter being more unusual than flashing lights, for example. The reliability of the sighting and its duration. They also compared the shape of the objects. The report notes that while an increasing number of cell phones, dash cams, and traffic cameras means that reported sightings are more frequently accompanied by a photo or video, these visuals are often of poor quality and less useful to researchers. What's more, the majority of sightings can be explained as aircraft and other astronomical objects. Still, about 8% of all UFO reports in 2017 alone remained unexplained. But this doesn't mean that they reveal proof of alien visitation. There's no evidence or no deniable evidence that aliens are visiting us, no way to prove it or deny it. Although it's a wonderful theory, Rutzkowski told the Canadian press, 
but adds that there is a real phenomenon that he thinks is worth scientific study. Now, here are a few of Canada's most famous UFO sightings. One being in Falcon Lake, Manitoba. In May 1967, Stefan Milchak reported seeing two flying saucers near Falcon Lake. He claimed that one of the aircraft hovered only 45 meters away from him and landed. As he approached, it emitted a beam of light that knocked him to the ground as it lifted off. He said that he became ill in the following weeks, and a photograph of his chest eight months later showed burn marks and a pattern of dots. The incident, which commemorated, was commemorated by a glow-in-the-dark coin released by the Canadian Mint in 2018. Another area in Canada that has experienced a lot of UFO activity, Shag Harbor in Nova Scotia. During the same year, and from 2017 to 2020, as the Falcon Lake sighting, people reported that the night skies over Shag Harbor were glowing with four lights that flashed off and on before crashing into the harbor. Eyewitnesses claimed they watched as a large orange glowing object sank into the water. The RCMP, thinking a plane had crashed, organized a rescue effort, but were unable to recover an object. Divers searched the sea floor, but also came up empty. Since no planes were reported missing, the case was classified as a UFO sighting. To this day, Shag Harbor holds an annual festival dedicated to the strange incident. In Quebec, Marivelle, Quebec, in 1989, several people in St. Marie de Monnier reported being awakened in the middle of the night by a noise that sounded similar to an electric generator. Witnesses also reported seeing an intense blue light shining outside their windows. Two days later, a perfect circle about 20 meters in diameter was found outside of the home of one of the witnesses. The RCMP were called to investigate, but the source of the lights and strange markings remain unknown. If you've spotted a UFO, here's how to report a sighting to UFOlogy Research. I will provide you with Submit a sighting report, and it's a survey report front page HTML connected to Canadian UFO survey, and that's to my Canadian listeners. And of course, there is a book available on Amazon, the Canadian UFO report, available for order. And according to uh, Canadian currency, it says fifty three oh one. I'm not sure what that is U.S. Uh, nor am I sure if that's a European price. Uh, chances are it's only about $29. But please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Canadian witness encounters UFO hovering over roadway. A Canadian witness at Abbotsford, British Columbia, reported an object hovering over the roadway about the width of Tulane Road. According to testimony, in a case 9 0803 from the Mutual UFO MUFON Witness Reporting Database. The witness was driving down a poorly lit road at 8.40 p.m., already dark on March 15, 2018. I had another person with me at the time, the witness stated. At first, I didn't really pay much attention to the craft, as I assumed it was an airplane in a distance. I started taking more notice as I continued driving, as the aircraft seemed to be quite low in what seemed to be slow moving. However, as I neared the aircraft, it was not moving at all. 
It was hovering in one spot directly over the road. It was hovering in one spot probably above the power lines, as far as the distance appeared to them. I kept driving, but I slowed down as I was driving under it, directly under it. I told my companion that this is no plane. The witness described the object. It was a black color with lights, lights flashing like an airplane, as that was the deception in the start. The, the deception in the start. It was loud sounding as I passed under it, like a loud engine. It was a longish kind of shape and width, and was about the same size as the width of the road, double lanes, that is. It had some kind of strips of material fluttering off of it. It was not a drone. I drove under it, but to be honest, I was tripping out a little bit at the moment, as normally I was very skeptical of this type of thing. I drove up to the next street crossing approximately a city block and a half and did a U-turn as I was going to take pictures or video of this. I sped back down the road, but as I neared it again, it left. It just seemed to look like any other lights in the sky within seconds. I don't know for sure what it was. When I was under it, it was really the only time I could hear its engine. I couldn't hear what it sounded like when it took off as I was speeding back toward it to take some pictures. All that I could really hear was my own engine speeding back towards it. I don't know what it was, but it was not a drone or an airplane. Canadian MUFON field investigator Carl Peterson closed this case as an unknown aerial vehicle. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. The British X-Files of UFOs is finally going public. The UK's Ministry of Defense will publish secret UFO reports for the first time. The UK's official government investigation of UFOs can be traced to a group formed in the 1950s, a flying saucer working party of sorts. From the early 1950s until 2009, a department in the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defense documented and investigated reports of UFOs. Now more than a decade after the program ended, many of those formerly classified files about UFO sightings will be made available to the public for the first time. Previously, some MOD files about UFOs had been published online at the UK National Archives website, The Telegraph reported. However, all of the agency's UFOs reported will be released this year on a dedicated gov.uk webpage, a spokesperson for the British Royal Air Force told The Telegraph. The decision came after P. 
PA Media, a British news agency, filed a request for the UFO files under the Freedom of Information Act, according to the Telegraph. MOD officials decided it would be better to publish these records rather than continue sending documents to the National Archives, the RAF spokesperson said. The UK's fascination with UFOs spiked around the 1950s, prompting the MOD to form the Flying Saucer Working Party to address the phenomenon. According to the UK National Archives, UFOs in the early 1950s even captured the attention of Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who sent a memo to his air minister in 1952 asking, what does all this stuff about flying saucers amount to? What can it mean? What is the truth? The Flying Saucer Group concluded that UFOs were hoaxes, delusions, or ordinary objects that were misidentified, recommending that no further investigation of reported mysterious aerial phenomena be undertaken. Nevertheless, other MOD divisions continued to work on official UFO investigations in the UK, ushering such efforts into the 21st century, the National Archives reported. The last UFO report to be published online by the MOD dates to 2009, covering sightings that took place from January through the end of November of that same year. These included a silver disc-shaped light, reported in January 2009, up to 20 orange and red glowing lights, reported in June. A large bright silver-white ball sphere, reported in July, and three blazing gold orbs and a diagonal line in the sky reported in September after MOD enacted a policy change on December 1st, 2009, the agency no longer recorded or investigated UFO sightings, according to the report. But what they did find, including many recent UFO reports that were previously available only as hard copies, will be published online within the next few months, said Nick Pope, a former UFO investigator for the MOD. And keep in mind, it wasn't even six, eight months ago, maybe a little less than that, that our own Navy, our own military, confirmed that for years, and has been active recently, that the Navy and the Air Force have been tracking strange flying craft. They have confirmed that this is true. They've had videos from cockpits showing these encounters, and they cannot identify the source, what it is, or where it's coming from. All they have is the evidence of it taking off, defying the laws of known physics. U.S. Navy pilots reportedly spotted UFOs over the East Coast. According to new reports, some U.S. Navy pilots reported seeing these unidentified flying objects while training over the East Coast in 2014 and 2015 and interviews with the New York Times. According to the Times, multiple Navy pilots spotted strange objects with no visible engine, reaching 30,000 feet and going in hypersonic speeds. The Times reports includes a minute-long video of two encounters Navy pilots allegedly had with the unexplained aerial phenomena. In the videos, which include visual radar and voice recordings, pilots cannot distinguish what it is seen on their radar screens. At one point, one of the pilots says in amazement, Look at that thing. It's rotating. These things would be out there all day, Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an F-A-18 Super Hornet pilot and 10-year Navy veteran, told the Times. Keeping an aircraft in the air requires a significant amount of energy. 
With the speeds we observe, 12 hours in all is 11 hours longer than we would expect. Josh Gratisher, a Navy spokesperson, told the newspaper that the U.S. Navy doesn't have all the answers for the observations made by Lieutenant Graves and many, many others. There were a number of different reports, Gratisher said. Some cases could have been commercial drones, he said. But in other cases, we don't know who's doing this. We don't have enough data to track this. So the intent of the message to fleet is to provide updated guidance on reported procedures for suspected intrusions into our airspace. According to the Times, the Navy recently set out new classified guidance for how to report unexplained aerial phenomena. According to the report, the pilots who reported the aerial phenomena speculated that the objects were part of some classified and extremely advanced drone program. And in another instance, one pilot told Lieutenant Graves that he almost hit one of those things and that he described it as looking like a sphere encasing a cube. Lieutenant Graves and his fellow pilots told the newspaper that the video showed objects accelerating to hypersonic speed, making sudden stops and instantaneous turns, something beyond the physical limits of a human crew. CBS has previously reported on a little-known Pentagon program with a budget of about $22 million, one that investigated unidentified flying objects before the Defense Department ended it in 2012. While the Defense Department says it ended the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program in 2012 over funding issues, a Pentagon spokeswoman said the Department of Defense takes seriously all threats and potential threats to our people, our assets, and our mission, and takes action whenever credible information is developed. Last year, two airline pilots claimed an unidentified flying object flew over top of their planes at an altitude of 30,000 feet in Arizona. According to the radio logs, two separate pilots of the leather jet operated by Phoenix Air and American Airlines flight saw the object flying in the opposite direction of their own planes. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. That's all the UFO hoopla I've got for you this week. We learned some fun things about four known species, four different known species that have been confirmed by former secretaries of state, ministers of defense, NSA operatives, Pentagon specialists. The list goes on. And I also learned a little bit more about the Dulce Air Base in New Mexico. Hope you had a good time listening to this and learning a little bit. I'm hoping you've not heard of any of these things before. Or maybe it's something new. Or perhaps you've heard it in the past and you're like, oh, I remember that. Then you decide to start digging in and looking it up yourself. That's what I'm hoping happens from this. And that you return next week for our another episode of Paranormally Speaking. Once again, I'm Neil Parks. Have a great rest of the week. And I have... A book event this weekend at 1 p.m. in Chillicothe, Ohio at Wheatberry Books. I will be doing a scary story time and book signings, autographs, and photo opportunities if interested. I'll be there from 1 to 4. I hope to see you there. This is Neil Park signing off. Heartbreak.
girl, dream maker, love taker, don't you mess around with me, you're a took all of our at-risk employees and we sent them home and we paid them through that entire process. That first wave of, of PPP... Break up.